And now, a message from Pastor Josh Carmody. We started last week this series called My Hometown. Everybody say, My Hometown. <clears throat> yep, that's the one. We uh, started the series, My Hometown. And uh, that word hometown, uh, it means the, the place where you were born is known as your hometown, hometown or the place where you grew up. Uh, is known as your hometown. It's also uh, the place where you have a current fixed residence, all right? So where you get mail, or maybe you have a P.O. box, whatever, but where you live, where you put your head down to rest at night, wherever that city or that town is, then that is your hometown. Even if you live in the country somewhere, uh, you live close to a town. You have some kind of address, and wherever that is, that is your hometown hometown. That makes sense to everybody? And uh, you and I, we uh, go here to New Covenant, and hopefully this is your church home. And if not, uh, we encourage you to check us out, ask any questions, and know uh, that if you hang out with us for a while, that you're going to see how imperfect we are. But again, we have a Savior, loving Savior, Jesus Christ, who's transforming us. Amen? Amen. And, uh, and so we're from all over the place. We're from many different uh, hometowns, many different cities, many different rural, that's a fun word to say, isn't it? Rural villages, uh, rural villages, rural, <laughs> rural towns. Um, it's, I'll get there eventually, don't worry. Um, and, uh, and so wherever we come from, uh, that is the place where, where God has placed us and where he has set us. And uh, you and I should be praying for our hometowns. Okay. Uh, you and I should be praying for our hometowns. We should be praying for our hometowns. Uh, we talked last week about how we should be praying for our schools and praying for our teachers and our administration and how we can pray for the light to shine in a dark place and that our kids would know who Jesus Christ is and that they would take the love and the hope of Jesus into those schools and they would be a bright light in a dark place. Amen? Amen. And that teachers and administration and staff who know the loving Savior, Jesus Christ, that they would also take him into their workplace and they would fill that place with the love of Jesus Christ. We read a scripture uh, last week, and it was 1 Corinthians 16, 9, and I believe I have it on, on the screen. It says this, there is a wide open, everybody say wide open. open. There is a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. And so here's what I want to, and that was, that was Paul writing to the church at Corinth, Corinth while he was in the city of Ephesus, and and he's saying, listen, there is a, a wide open door. There is work, a great work to be done here. And so I'm going to stay in Ephesus and do that work. And I want us all to know today that there's a great work to be done in our hometowns. There's a great work that needs to be done in our hometowns. <clears throat> Just a few days ago, we had another homicide here in town. You probably saw it if you pay attention to any kind of news or been off it. We had a note. We need to pray for our hometowns. Whether things are going great or things are not going so great, we need to pray for our hometowns. I'm going to say it until you believe it. There we, have, we live in places that are great cities full of great people who love Jesus. Because you and I, we get to go to the places where we live and where we work and where we play, and we get to be Jesus to those people. 
We get to be Jesus at work and Jesus in our community and wherever we go by the things we do and the the way we act and the words that we say, we get to spread a positive, hopeful message or we can spend a, we can give a, a negative bummer of a message. That nothing is good and everything is bad, but that's just not true. I wouldn't say everything's awesome either, but God is doing some good things. There's a wide open door for work to be done right here. There's a wide open door for work to be done right here. And this week, we asked last week that we would spend time praying for our schools. I hope you did. I hope you spent some time praying for our schools and praying for our students and praying for our teachers. And this week, I want to encourage us. Um, I want I want to encourage us to pray for our government. That was yep what I expected. I want us to pray for our government. I want us to pray for our elected officials. I don't say you have to agree with them or not. Um, they've been placed there by God. We'll get to it in a minute, whether you agree with that statement or not. It's in the Bible, so I hope you do. But we have governing authorities elected officials, we have judges, we have the sheriff, we have the deputies, we have the law enforcement center here in town, we've got the, the cops, the firefighters, the EMS, I mean, we, the list goes on. There are a lot of people employed by the city and the county and the state, and I feel like we should pray for them. They should be people that we pray for. Um, and so I want us to spend some time praying for them this week. And we have some scriptures here that talk about authority and talk about uh, being submissive. And we all love that word submissive, don't we? But there's nothing like driving down the road and those lights flash in your rearview mirror that just really puts you in a submissive mood, don't they? I mean, you see those lights and you're like, oh, I'm going to just go ahead and pull over. I'm going to be the nicest me I've ever been. Hey, officer. How we doing? Right? Nobody knows what that's like. Just me. Right? Um, and uh, Pastor Doug's over there like, yep, me. <laughs> all right, it's happened to all of us. And, uh, and so we should pray for those who are over us. We should live our lives uh, in submission. And so let's look at a scripture in Titus 3, uh, verses 1 to 2. It says this, remind the believers. We got any believers in here? We got anybody in here that believes in Jesus Christ, loves Jesus Christ, follows Jesus All right, believers, let me remind you of something. Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. You guys are happy. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. They must not slander and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. All right, so remind the believers to submit to the government and the officers. You know what that word submit means? A lot of times we, we think of it as this heavy-handed thing. The, the word submit actually just means obey. Uh, it, means to, uh, it means to align under in an orderly fashion. So when we submit, we obey. We align under authority in an orderly fashion. It's, it's you know, chain of command or however you want to say it, but it's orderly. It's not this thing that's like, I'm better than you and you're awful, but it's to submit, to be in obedience to those that God has placed as our authorities, as our officials, as our government. I like this scripture as a reminder for all of us who believe in Jesus to submit, to obey, to fall under the government and its officers. And I like this. It says that we should obey our government officials, to be ready to do what is good, to avoid fighting, 
and be gentle and humble. How many of you think those sound like good things? We should be gentle, we should be humble. We shouldn't quarrel, we shouldn't fight, we shouldn't pick, we tell our kids all the time. I was just talking to my daughter earlier. She was having one of those mornings. I'm like, is everything okay? And she's like, I'm just sick of everybody bickering and everybody fighting. And we try to do good, but sometimes I'm like, we're just kids. (laughs) And I said, I get it. Because sometimes the adults, we bicker and we fight and we're just adults, right? I mean, it's not something you grow out of. It's something you choose to avoid. It's something you choose not to partake in. And so the scripture tells us not to fight, uh, not to quarrel, not to argue. And we're talking about government. I'm not necessarily talking about politics. You guys understand politics and government are two different things. All right. Um, So I'm saying this is saying we shouldn't fight. We shouldn't probably say bad things. Not probably, but we shouldn't say bad things about our officials. We shouldn't say bad things about those in authority over us because it doesn't, the scripture doesn't say that we should say bad things about those in authority. It says we should submit, obey, fall in line, an orderly fashion to the government and the officials and those who are over us. Be ready to do what is good. Be gentle and humble. Look at Romans 13. And this, I mean, look at this, the first three words. Everyone must submit. I'm not making this up. This is the Bible. It's Romans 13.1. You guys love me today. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. You guys see that? For all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So we see this scripture in Romans 13.1. And I'm sure, I can see it right now, you're reading through the New Testament, you get to Romans 13.1, and you're like, I'm just going to go ahead and skip over that one. We're going to move on to something else. So let's look at this. Everyone, everyone. Does this sound like a suggestion? I mean, the three words, everyone must submit. Is it, does it sound like a suggestion, or does it sound like more of a, a command? We should all submit. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. We should obey our governing authorities. And I like this. For all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So my question is this. Does this mean that all governing authorities are godly? No. Not at all. Now, this scripture says that God has placed them there, that God has put authority there, but that does not mean that everybody that has authority over us are godly people. God set authority and he put people in those places. He created those positions positions so that we would have order and not chaos. Remember what submission means. It means to obey and then it means to align under in an orderly fashion, in an orderly way. And so God put authority in our lives and in our governments so that there can be protection so that there can be some order, things done with decency and in order, so that we cannot fight, but things can be taken care of, right? And so he did that for our protection. He did that for our protection. He's placed people in authority over us for, for us, so that we can submit to them and obey them, and so that things can be good with us. Like that scripture that we read, we can be gentle and humble and avoid fighting and do all of these things. And so the scripture tells us that all authority comes from God. God has placed order in the world and expects expects us to fall under that authority for the protection of everybody. 
That's why when the lights turn on, you pull over. Every now and again, you'll hear of a high-speed chase through town or the interstate or somewhere, right? That's someone not understanding authority. That's someone that obviously has something to hide and does not want to get caught. Now, when they do that, does that put other people in danger? I mean, does it put other lives and motorists and other... See, and so... The, these, the governing authorities have been put there not because they're necessarily godly people, and some of them are. We're going to see a video of a few, just a couple of our people that work for the, the city and work for the county. But there, some of them are godly people, don't get me wrong, but just because they're in a position of authority does not mean that they're godly. It just means that God has placed authority in our lives so that we can be protected, so that things can go well on this earth. Uh, look at Luke uh, chapter 20. It says, teacher, they said, these are the religious leaders talking to him, and they said, we know that you speak and teach what is right and are not influenced by what others think, and you teach the way of God truthfully. Um, now tell us, is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And he saw through, this is Jesus, he saw through the trickery and said, show me a Roman coin, whose picture and title are stamped on it. Well, Caesar's, they replied. Well then, he said, Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and give to God what be- belongs to God. So they failed to trap him by what he said in front of the people. Instead, they were amazed by his answer, and they became silent. So here's Jesus. There's some religious leaders of the day, and they come up to Jesus, and they're like, all right, we're going to trick him. We're going to ask him a question. Is it good to pay taxes or not? Right? Now, Jesus, he has the loyalty of the people. They love Jesus. Now, if he were to say, yeah, absolutely, like taxes are the best, like pay taxes to Caesar, the people whose hearts he has, who are loyal to him, are going to be like, what? We thought the Messiah was going to come and end Roman rule, and we don't want to pay, we thought he was going to stand by us and like rise in power, we're going to overthrow the government and, and do all this. And so him saying that, if he would have said, yeah, of course, pay taxes, go for it, that would have caused them to think like, wow, maybe this isn't the Messiah after all, maybe this isn't the one we were looking for, but so they posed this question to him, and then they were hoping, they were secretly hoping that Jesus would say, no, of course you don't have to pay taxes. Like, who likes to pay taxes, right? I mean, I'm not paying taxes, you're not paying, nobody's paying taxes, right? I mean, he would have been, the, the people would have loved it. And that's what the religious leaders wanted him to say, so that they could go back to the governor and be like, hey, this Jesus guy that you say is no problem and no trouble, you know what he's doing? He's going around telling people they don't have to pay taxes. He's trying to take money out of your pocket and food off of your plate. You should arrest him and kill him. That's what I think we should do, right? So this is what the, they concocted this in their mind. Either, either we're going to take something to the governor that says, hey, he should be put to death, or the people are going to rebel against him. Either way, we got him. <laughs> but they don't know Jesus very well. And he says, well, whose name is on the coin? What picture do you see there? I'm like, well, it's Caesar's. He says, all right, tell you what, why don't you just give to Caesar what's his and then give to God what's his? And they're like, yeah, seems reasonable. What was he saying? Be submissive, be obedient to God and to your government. He wasn't trying to start a coup where he says, yeah, let's overthrow the government. Sounds like a great idea to me. No, he said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is his. Now, I know as sure as I'm standing here that none of us like to pay taxes. I heard a couple amens, and the rest of you are like, I don't pay taxes anyway. All right. Um, you, should, you should pay taxes. Um, 
go to jail for those kinds of things, all right? Um, and so he says, pay as Caesar's what is he? Be submissive to the government, but that doesn't mean that we can't still be submissive to Jesus Christ. That we can't be submissive to God and the things that he tells us to do and that he wants us to do. And it's like, yeah, but it's just not fair. You know what? It doesn't matter. We've been asked to give a certain amount of our income or we've been asked to do this or we've been given that or whatever. If you enjoy having the police around and the firemen and you enjoy having the sheriff and all these things and you want to have judges in the land and government and different things, then we need to pay our taxes. You get it? So, so that's what he's saying. He's saying be submissive to God and to your government. In other words, live a life of submission. So you and I are called to be submissive people, to be obedient, to fall under the order that God has created on this earth. Does that make sense? And then he lets us know that we should also respect. Now, it's one thing to be submissive, but we could do it in a grumbling way. We could be obedient. Have you ever had, you know, kids or somewhere, and it's like, you know, go clean your room. Fine, I'll go clean my room. Right? And they obey. Like, they're submissive, but they're not happy about it. And they're not very respectful about it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Maybe there's something that you've wanted to do before. I know in my life, there's times where it's like, I don't really want to do that. I'm going to obey and I'm going to be submissive, but I'm not going to have a good attitude about it. Anybody with me? So not only should we be submissive, but we should also show respect. Man, I'm just like digging. Don't worry, we'll get to the part where we pray. It'll be great. <laughs> Woo-hoo. So we should also respect. We should respect. Man, this is a tough one, guys. We should respect those in authority. I mean, we could go back to bosses. We could go back to parents. We could do all kinds of stuff. But we're talking about the government today. I mean, we should show respect to our officers and to our firefighters. We should show respect to our judges and the judicial system. We should show respect to every government office from the mayor of our town to the president of the United States. And let me say, this is not a political statement. It doesn't matter who sits in any of those seats. It does not matter who sits in any of those seats. Now, four years from now, next November, January, 10 years from now, it doesn't matter. We're called to respect our authority. The authority that God put in place for our protection, for rule and and decency and for things to go well on this earth, right? Let me show you a scripture because I think I feel like I need to read a scripture. 1 Peter 2 says this. Ah, and catch these first four words. For the Lord's sake, okay? For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether there's the king uh, as head of state or the officials he has appointed, for the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves, so don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone. I'm going to read that. You guys read that with me. Respect everyone. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. So why do we submit? Why do we obey? Why do we show respect to human authority? Because we agree with them? Because they're godly people? Because we have to? No? For the Lord's sake. 
okay, do you give tithe? No, I'm just kidding. You're right, kind of. He's telling us, for the Lord's sake. It pleases God when we respect our authority. If you do it, you don't do it for the person that sits in the chair. You do it because God wants us to. You don't do it because they have this authority and they have this and that. You do it because God has asked us to respect those who are sitting in those places. Whether you like them or agree with them or think what they say is good or bad or other, other otherwise. We are doing it for the Lord's sake. Does that make sense? We submit to authorities in order to please God. And I like, they said the officials, cops, sheriff, judges, for example, are here to keep order. I mean, that's what it said in the scripture. It says, whether the king is head of state or the officials he has appointed, for the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. And so that's why we have authorities here. They're here to keep order, to punish those who do wrong and honor those who do right. And they could use our prayer. They could use our prayer. All of our government officials, anybody employed by the city or the county or the state or the nation, they could use our prayers. You might not like your elected officials, but you should pray for them anyway. You said, but they hate God and say bad things about him. It's fine. God placed these things in our lives, and we can still pray that they would come to know who God is. Because then maybe sitting in the authority in the place that they are, if God gets a hold of their lives, imagine some of the good they could start doing. And so as long as they're there, you continue to pray for them and believe for their salvation if they don't act like they're Christians. Or if they are, pray that they start acting like one. And here's the thing. No elected official is perfect. Just like no pastor is perfect, no church person is perfect. Congregant, you, me, we're not perfect. No elected official is perfect. No officer is perfect. Nobody is perfect. They all need prayers. Respect everyone. We should pray for our leaders in our cities, in our county, in our state. 1 Timothy 2 says this, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Did you guys have any idea there was this much talk about authority in the Bible? I mean, did you guys have any idea? And this is just some of the verses. There's a whole lot more. I mean, look at this scripture. This is great. Pray. I urge you, pray for everyone. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. And then he says, pray this way for the kings. Pray this way for the officials. Pray this way for those in authority. Why would we do that? So that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. We should pray for our hometowns that we would be places where people live quiet lives, where there's dignity, where there are good things happen, peaceful lives, peaceful cities. I like this. When we pray that way, this is what verse 3 says, this is good and pleases God our Savior. When we pray for those in authority, it's good and it pleases God. Man, that's cool. 
People are like, well, how do I please God? Pray for your authorities, those in authority over you. It's really that simple? Well, yes. Give thanks for them, pray for them, ask God to help them so that we will live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. I want to show you a video, and then I have one more scripture. Um, I asked a couple of guys, I asked them to tell me their name and what they do, uh, what we can be praying for. I have a, a firefighter and someone that works for the county that go here to the church. And then ask them, how can we pray? And how do you share the hope? And how do you share the love of Jesus Christ when you walk into your place of employment? And this is what they said. My name is Zach Rickman. Uh, I'm a firefighter paramedic here in Fort Dodge. I've been here since uh, January of 2017. Hi, my name is Andy McGill. I am the IT and GIS director for Webster County. And basically what I do is I head up the computer department and our GIS mapping department. Um, I would say the biggest issue that we face isn't so much the things that we have to deal with, but rather um, a type of cynicism that we tend to build up um, after dealing with such a variety of, of things on a daily basis. Um, people who are in really bad spots, unhealthy people, just things that are tough to see and to deal with. Um, one of the biggest coping mechanisms we do is just to become cynical and um, dispassionate. Prayers for us to continue to care for the people of the city and empathize with them and not just become hard-hearted so that we're protecting ourselves. Um, I think if we can continue to be legitimately concerned about our people and um, the citizens of this community, I think that's going to be the most um, impactful on us and then long-term on the people that we care for. I think that uh, we can be praying for our county for especially elected officials to to make the right choices for um, the people, the taxpayers of this county, um, to always have an open mind to listen to their constituents and to just uh, make sure that we are always being honest and open to our constituents. You know, the one of the things that uh, are areas I think that we most need to be praying for is our law enforcement, you know, the sheriff's department and our, our jailers. You know, they're constantly in danger in everything they do, uh, regardless whether it's just a traffic stop or transporting prisoners um, to and from um, the, our facility to maybe a different facility. Um, our judges, as they are, are residing over the, the court cases, you know, help them to me, um, uh, their judgments be fair and just, not um, just because they um, are, just because they may have something against this person, whatever. I just feel that we need to keep those guys in our, those people in our prayers because their lives are always in danger. And, um, and I, for me, as a, as a person that works at the county, I, I really feel that um, sometimes that we, uh, we, we get frustrated with our, our, our justice system and our, our law enforcement system, and we just need to take some time and, and really think about what they're doing with lives on the line for us and to protect us. Um, I, make, I make every effort to walk in there um, with a more open heart. Um, I have to start every day um, before I go to work in prayer because I know it's so easy to get frustrated with your coworkers, go, get frustrated with the people you deal with on almost a daily basis of just the situation that you find yourself in. But the best way to bring hope is to encourage each other, I would say, um, to show that we're here for these people, not 
as simply a job, but these aren't just our patients, these are members of our community, our neighbors, our friends. We, we know these people and we get to see them, um, whether we're on the job or off, and taking care of them with, with a heart full of compassion and, and understanding is going to be the most impactful way to really help them long term, not just give them a medication or bandage up their wounds or put out their fire. So every day I make a conscious effort to, to walk into the building with a smile on my face and to um, know that uh, I am going to have trials for today and to try to um, take them as they come and with stride and, and just to, you know, when I'm having issues or I feel like I'm getting down, I take a moment and just walk away and, and talk to God a little bit and then I come back and hopefully renewed, refreshed and with a better attitude than me than I was previously. Awesome. So they both mentioned prayer. Uh, prayer is a big part of them walking into where they go, sharing the hope, sharing the love of Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, those are some great things that we can be praying for. And I want to read uh, one last scripture in Jeremiah uh, chapter 29, verse 7. And uh, Jeremiah is writing this um, as the nation of Israel has been taken to, to Babylon captivity. And he says this, he says, Make yourselves at home there and work for the country's welfare. Pray for Babylon's well-being. If things go well for Babylon, things will go well for you. Um, you got to imagine that the nation of Israel was just taken from their homes, taken from their land, everything they knew. They were pulled out of that and put into another land. And they were there and under their, not, uh, they were there against their will. And they had to be there. And they were in captivity in a different place. And here's Jeremiah that says, pray for the place where you're being held captive. Pray for Babylon. I mean, can you imagine that? Pray for that city, because here's the thing. If things go well for Babylon, things will go well for you. Now, I'm not trying to say where we live is Babylon, but what I do know is that this isn't our home. I mean, it's our hometown, but we have a home in heaven that is prepared for us, amen? And so we're just passing through, all right? But while we're here, we should pray for our hometowns. While we're in this body, we're a spiritual being having a temporary human experience. I'm not going to say we're captives or trapped, but we are here on this place. And while we are here, I think we should pray. Don't call your city Babylon, but we should pray for our hometowns. We should pray for the places where we work and where we play and, and where we live. Why would we do that? Because if things go well for Fort Dodge, things go well for us. If things go well for Pocahontas, things go well for those that live in Pocahontas. Wherever you're from, you say, I don't know, it's pretty bad. Then start praying that God is going to do some great things where you are. If things go well for Babylon, things will go well for you. If things go well for our city, then things will go well for us. If things go well for our nation, then things will also go well for us. Amen? For more information on New Covenant, contact us at 3318 5th Avenue South, Fort Dodge, Iowa, 50501. Or you can call us at 515-955-6222.